Okay. Episode 19 of Thelma and Tom Look Left. And uh, this is the Labour Party conference special. And, um, well, personally, I haven't been to the conference, but I've been following it on, uh, online and um, various through various media things. I know um, my co-host Thelma actually went down to Brighton, so I'm really looking forward to hearing all about that. And, um, yeah, loads to talk about. So let's get started, Thelma. Yeah, hi Tom. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've just been up for a walk up on the tops actually to clear my head because um, I've just been listening to the leader's uh, speech on the last day of conference, um, and uh, I felt before we met um, that I should put my positive pants on, as it were, yeah. <laughs> to um, to try and be fair and balanced about this. Um, yeah, I just went down for one well very long day from early morning to late night. Um, to Brighton, um, I was um, really with the World Transformed uh, events that were there and, and didn't stray too near the main conference hall. Um, I think I mentioned last time I was speaking to you, I felt like I ought to have a little bell and ring and warn them that I was in the vicinity, you know, because I don't think I'm, I'm flavour of the month, really. Um, yeah, so uh, the conference, well... Uh, yeah, trying yeah, to, Thelma, Thelma, let's just talk about this speech a minute because I yeah. didn't have the guts to watch it, I'm afraid. So I've I've sort of followed it a little bit on Twitter as it was happening. And then since the speech ended, I've kind of tried to get a bit of an objective view of how it went. And I I I gotta say it's I, I still don't really know what it what it was like. Now you watched it and I know you're coming from a left-wing perspective and a perspective quite close to mine, but I know also that you're a very fair and honest person. So come on, people want to know what was it really like? We don't want some kind of biased crap view from one of Kia's mates. <laughs> the, the, the position I'm in though, it's really, really difficult because you do get centrist. I mean, I think most people have agreed on my uh, Twitter feed um, this afternoon with what I was saying, um, but I'm very conscious that that, that social media can be a, a real bubble, um, and yeah, I did ha- have a couple of centrists um, come at me and say, "Don't you want um, a Labour government?" Um, and you're just being bitter, kind of thing. And I accept, you know, from being really honest, sometimes I do feel quite bitter because. Um, when when they're talking, you know, about a, a, a green new deal, when we in seventeen and nineteen, uh, especially in nineteen, had the, the all that work that was done um, by the front bench and Becky Long Bailey in particular with the green industrial revolution and all all of that policy development, um, and it was so democratically put together as well. It, it's just. It is frustrating for me. Um, and, and, and I suppose my comparison would be when um, you, you, you get in education, sometimes new heads or leaders who come in and they want to change everything because they want to make their markets their career. And so that what you're doing there with that curriculum, we're not doing that anymore. I'm bringing this in, I'm bringing a new team to do this. And there's a lack of respect for the staff that have been working on a previous project who are maybe middle of delivering a project where it's been a shared vision that that somebody comes in that's new and immediately presupposes that whatever has gone on before has got to be rubbish you know Um, and likewise when I first um, was elected there were things like I mean, Shaw Start's always quoted with the Blair years, isn't it? I mean, there's not much mention of Iraq, but (laughs) Shaw Start's always quoted. But actually, I was one of the first head teachers to work on a phase one children's uh, centre and Shaw Start. And I was a big fan of that. And, you know, some some on the left, when I was first elected, it was, we don't want to hear about Shaw Start. We don't, you know, we're a new... And I used to say, no, come on, you need to build on... You need to build on what is positive. And no, I didn't like the fact that in the Blair years they introduced um, academies. There were loads of things I didn't agree with, but work on and build on what's good and what's the best for society. What we've got with Keir Starmer and team and some, I'm afraid, who are joining in with him 
on that front bench who were part of those Corbyn McDonnell years and and putting together of those great visionary progressive policies who are now acting like they're in you know reinventing uh, the wheel and uh, and starting something that was already there that they could have built on uh, and made even more progressive um and and this speech it's so difficult because he talked a lot Keir Starmer talked a lot about his parents well which I've heard a number of times before about his father he made the joke about his father being a tool maker and so was Boris Johnson's which which got a laugh but I've heard it before it wasn't it wasn't original um about his mum being very ill which again I'm really sorry but let's face it Tom we've all got a backstory mm. um and that does that does um I suppose give us more empathy with other people more understanding with other people but he, he referred to his family all the time and um I, I, I was it was almost like I was wanting to say without being unkind okay, we've heard that now. What I want is your vision of the future, not your formative past. Um, And um, I think the spin is now that somebody heckled when he was talking about his his calling his mum being ill and things. I I didn't hear that. And other people are saying it didn't happen then. It happened when he was talking about the NHS and how much he appreciated the NHS. And people quite rightly heckled, what about £15 an hour then, you know, um, uh, minimum wage, which is quite right, really. Um, I think the people who who made the um, most effective uh, protests were the people in the conference hall, those who'd been allowed to be in there, um, who held up red cards um, just as a silent protest. Um, And I I thought that did, it was polite but quite a strong I thought a strong impact and um, to be fair his delivery um was much better than I've seen him do before I think there'd been a lot of rehearsal there yeah um the, the obviously you could see uh pretty organized the audience um I, I mean I sense that the uh shadow from bench they seemed to move around a bit during his speech and they all seem to go in a line along the uh, kind of aisle rather than on the front row so I couldn't really gauge how many actual backbenchers were there because it didn't look like many to me it looked like the it looked like the front bench but not not many other MPs Labour MPs but that might be my I was only watching it on TV um it it didn't have for me but then you could say, well, you would say that, Salma. Mm-hmm. That passion and that joy and that hope. Um, and for me, a lot of the things about we are we are patriots um, and getting tough on crime kind of thing. Um, and actually a reference, and when he said education, I feel like saying it three times, which is obviously the Blair education. Yeah, education. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like a, a tribute to Tony Blair in the middle of it. Yeah. It could have been Cameron's big society speech, actually, a lot of it. It, it could have been. But it was very much the we are rejecting. Um, and he mentioned biggest losses ever in 19. And didn't mention the increased vote share um, uh, since, uh, you know, 2015. Um, but he, um, yeah, a complete rejection of anything to do with um, Jeremy and and that period. Um, uh, so there, there was nothing respectful there. Um, there was a, a, a warm welcome to Louise Elman, who, who has come back to the party right at the beginning. Um, and uh, that, those were the main things that, that I, I, I took from it. Um, you know, the speech, competent, but for me, uninspiring. And it did seem to go on. It was an hour and a half. Yeah, 90 minutes. That's a long time, isn't it? It, really it was a really long time. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it was a competent speech, but I just felt 
I didn't I didn't feel inspired or uplifted. And if I was a young person, there was a, a oh, there was a commitment which was positive to uh, support for mental health. Yeah, I, um, I read a few of things uh, that, that that you know few, that they said it was very light on on actual um, substance. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the one thing I, I had forgotten to say that has stuck in my mind is him um when he said i'm not a career politician yeah. and i thought well he was he was kind of well as far as i can see um given or parachuted in to that really you know safe sea um uh, st pancras and holborn um and um i don't think it entered the world of politics as such until about 2015 as far as i know um, and has just, you know, then immediately got involved in all the um, Brexit um, and straight onto the front bench and all that's happened since. And to say he's not a career politician, I just, wow, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they really are kind of rewriting the the whole, well, history and the, and, and the media obviously will just buy straight into it because they're part of it. And... Mm. Um, uh, you know, already you can see it when you start reading stuff that's coming out on the BBC, and blah, blah, blah. they just—they know they've got control of the story, don't they? And um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, I, I mean, for me, of seeing those um, uh, shadow ministers now, um, you can see full of. Uh, joy and enthusiasm because they've got what they wanted and I'm looking back at the previous conferences when I was working with Jeremy and John and you know and that, and that front bench and those same people I remember them staying outside of the conference and, and on phones and uh, you knew they were plotting and <laughs> and uh, you know and and they were they wouldn't engage. I remember there was a big thing about how they hadn't been allocated seats, and that's why they weren't sitting at the front because members had been given seats. Um, and you know, it was all set up to to act like you know we're not being treated, we're not being included, we're not being um, to cause a you know a, a, well a dead cat really as a distraction for the media. And now it's all different. You know, why are you not supporting the leader, and why are you not you know you on the left? And the irony of that. Um, I mean, how they've got here to this point, and it's a very interesting point we've got to. They've basically. Uh, lied, cheated, trashed the left. They, they, the loyalty factor zero, um, and, and then they've turned it all round to say, "Why aren't you behaving yourselves?" And yet, yeah. what yeah. will be reported in the media and what history will show, hopefully not, is yeah. you know, oh well, we, you know, we're the honourable people. We, we're now doing it right and. At last, yeah. grown ups are in charge, and the only people really that are calling them out are the left and the left. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we know what happened, yeah. but we yes. don't have yes, any way do. of sort of saying it. The thing is, when I when I was in Westminster, it was part of my role as well as a PPS to bring people together, and I genuinely, I've said this to you before many, many times, I genuinely wanted that, really, really wanted that, and and Jeremy. Um, clearly he appointed people who he knew had been part of the coup, the original coup against him, um, to front bench positions. Yeah, including um, Keir. And he, he did that with the best intentions. And now the accusation that the left are not, um, being supportive and would we prefer a Tory government um how how when and especially when I think working class people have been so betrayed um in terms of those policies that would have would have avoided uh, su such a lot of the hardship that people are currently facing at the moment um uh, it, it is yeah I, it is hard not and you know i hold my hands up and when centrists say oh you're just a bit of corbynite well i've never liked being called a corbynite actually not just jeremy's my mate and i love him to pieces um i'm a socialist yeah. and um and that's what i work so hard for and and still believe in and continue to work for um 
but it, it is hard not to feel on other people's behalf, really, because I'm fortunate enough to 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 have a, a good life, you know, and, and be okay. But I, I I care about other people, and I can never be comfortable in my own skin and my own life if I know there's people suffering out there that don't need to be suffering, um, and that's what keeps me going, especially for the vulnerable and the younger generation, uh, which we we've talked about a lot, Tom. Um, so the conference. I don't feel inspired. I feel kind of, you know, perhaps I need a little break after conference to to just, you know, think to myself, well, you know, I will continue. Um, I'm not going to give up socialism and the fight for socialism and an equal society, but um, I'm not inspired by uh, the current Labour leadership because I don't think they're addressing the issues that need addressing, um, to be frank. No, so I... I you know, obviously, I, I totally agree. Thelma. What I would say in terms of um, the Labour Party now, that they have over the last, well, I suppose really since about 2015, when they started to trash the Corbyn project, or whatever you want to call it, they must be thinking now, job done, uh, really. Um, they are, they've spared no mercy. They've uh, they've totally rubbished everything and every one of us, um, and every idea we've had. They've they've dumped the lot really, um, and they've got what they want. And um, you know, it's what's that? Over six years, they've. So I think they must be thinking now. Yeah, job done. Now um, we can get on with being you know this kind of moderate opposition party that occasionally gets a turn in government. Um, and and everybody's happy. Uh, now that leaves us. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've got a few things to talk about incidents that happened at the conference, but that's kind of roughly where we're at in terms of left wing politics now. I think, and and I think it's quite natural in a way to feel a little bit down about it because we've really not got a lot left I don't think I mean I know there's little seeds of hope and you know in our last podcast we had some pretty good optimistic stuff but you kind of think oh god you know that's it really we we have you know we're out of that one now aren't we no I think so but I, I you know what I'm, I'm a born optimist for all yeah. I'm having a a whinge about the you know the, that part of the conference and the speech um the world transformed part of it which is the left-wing alternative um part of conference was quite inspiring and yeah. uh and, and and i got to hear zara sultana uh clive lewis um and jeremy uh with olivia blake um talk about climate change uh and plans for you, you know for the future and how we can address the the massive challenge that that we've got um ahead of us um and it was really inspiring and the audience very diverse lots of young people great atmosphere um everywhere jeremy went round round brighton uh, you know there were still crowds around him yeah, um, yeah. and uh, it was, um, and I did watch, um, I got home last night and um, I did watch the Socialist Campaign Group rally um, at the World Transform last night. And uh, again, some inspirational speeches and um, there's lots of, you know, work with uh, union campaigns, collective action, um, work with, you know, the, the climate change and and what we had in that green industrial revolution um policy uh fabulous policies that we had uh, all of those things and grassroots work that's where that's where we get you know, on education campaigns on there's so much we can do yeah um, on, and and also uh, i don't know if you were but I, I spoke on a panel with um clive lewis and uh, james schneider two of my former colleagues for navara media um on um on sunday night and the attendance there was absolutely great again young uh, diverse um and uh, Again, it was me. I was the only one of the three of us that had left Labour. So really the discussion was about, is Labour dead? Now, um, Pelham, I watched that programme. It was it was really good and three really good panellists. And I thought that the host did a good job too. It was yeah. a nice, nicely put together 
event, I have to say, I mean, obviously, I can't be objective, can I, because of what, what I think, where I'm at with politics, but I have to say that both of the, that Clive, who I, I love the guy, and he's really talk, talk straight, and the other guy, the first time I've seen him, seemed like a really lovely guy. They really offered nothing. Um, uh, it, as far as I could see, there, there was like, no one will ever, none of these people on the left of the Labour Party will ever come through and actually say how this is going to happen. How are we going to, you know, do something in the Labour Party? Are they mm. just avoiding the subject all the time? Well, they're both people, you know, highly intelligent um, and uh, people I, I respect, both of them, and obviously I used to work with them. Um, and I think it's really difficult for them because those who've, I've said this before, those who've decided to stay, this is our party, are staying. But what I thought as well on the panel, Tom, that came through, it was very much this well, we're going to focus on climate change or, you know, we can still be involved in these campaigns. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually only staying in so I make sure I've got my vote until it's time to change again. <laughs> and I thought, is that, a, for me, that's not a reason to stay in a party. And if you believe in the movement, then you can do so much more if you're not waiting for a disciplinary letter in your inbox at midnight, you know, which part of them in the Labour Party are now fearful that if they say the wrong thing, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I mean, I'm not putting words in people's mouths, but I'm sure both of them are thinking, oh, I'm on a panel with Thelma. (laughs) Am I going to get a disciplinary uh, email on this? You know, what's going to happen? And to feel like that, where you've not got that, um, well, democracy and freedom of speech almost and expression uh, is not a party I I would any longer want to be involved in, much as I really like the two people I was on the panel with and respect them. Um, and uh, later on, I was with the uh, Red Pepper magazine uh, team and guests at an event to launch the latest copy, which, you know, was, I've got an essay yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and, and most of those people aren't in the Labour Party. Um, and so it was quite refreshing, really, to be able to talk with uh, like-minded people um, and... Yeah, I mean, that is one of the things that came out in the speech, this patriotism thing and the flag thing and, uh, uh, you know, uh, this, what I think is uh, more of a Tory kind of thing, not saying that we're not patriotic or uh, and don't support our uh, servicemen and women and and respect um, and honour them. But um, it, it's almost it's almost like they're repeating the kind of Tory mantra to me. Well, let, let, um, let, let's let's put it straight out there. I mean, the, the Labour Party now is a, a de- you know an establishment party. It supports the establishment. It supports capitalism. Uh, it, it's saying nothing about helping the the poor, the 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 the, the people that are renting well, property at huge amounts of money. Yeah, hardworking families, Tom, that's what they talk about, you know, kind of um, almost like deserving poor, undeserving poor. You know? yeah. But even the hardworking families are poor, aren't they? You know, there's yeah, hardworking families that are earning less than £10 an hour. And and yeah. uh, some, yeah. I, I mean, we don't need to, we know all that stuff. But the fact is yeah. the Labour Party now is not, uh, is dedicated to propping up the system. And supporting the system, and and they they're not even shy about that. I mean, they don't even talk about any any possibility of making any big change. There were some wins, though. I don't know if this is on your list of things to talk about, Tom. But there were there were wins over that motion declaring Israel um, an apartheid state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I thought, um, considering some of the machinations that have gone on for who can go into conference and who can't and uh, members being suspended or whatever. Um, I, I thought that was a, a real win for the left, really. Yeah, it's astonishing um, how that stuff happens, Thelma. I don't really get... I've never been to a conference. I don't know how it works. But would it? might it be like, you know, half the room weren't there, so the left sneak in and, and win the vote? Because they won another... <laughs> 
Delegates have a have a vote. So, um, you know, there would have been a, a number of delegates from the different CLPs, um, but it does show the strength of feeling um, still within um, Labour membership on, yeah. the, on that issue. So I think that was a win. And I think the fact that what he was thinking, that where he muted the, uh, we, we discussed this the other day, um, getting rid of the one member, one vote, uh, uh, kind of and, and returning the electoral college um well that he he you turned on didn't he because yeah. he could see yeah. that was going to be so so uh, again that is another and I, I think the motion went did actually eventually go through on the 15 pound an hour yeah. um can, can you explain this to me Thelma this is an uh, you know um on the on the PR when they did the vote on the proportional representation 80 percent of the delegates voted in favor but it lost because of the unions now how how does that democracy work there Uh, yeah well it's the block vote from the unions isn't it because they're not in favor of it and that's why it was chucked out last time um it was unis it was mainly unison though um with that it was one particular union as far as i know um, and Unison, for me, now just seemed to be, certainly for a union, not speaking up in the way that I think they should be speaking up uh, for working people. I mean, I used to be in Unison um, and and left um, last year. I'm now in Unite and the NEU are my two unions. Um, but um, I think, I mean, PR... PR is important, but it's just one thing that needs to change in terms of electoral reform and constitutional yeah, reform. I, I was more interested in, because the, the, the unions did the thing uh, in 2000 and I don't know when, when we were going to get, um, uh, you know, make MPs uh, so that you could oh, get rid of them. If, if, if the MP wasn't any good, you could vote them out and get one in. Uh, and the, the unions knocked that on the head as well, didn't they? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was a democracy review that um, didn't, in fact, this came up on the panel the other night with Navarra Media. Um, yeah, the, the opportunity was there uh, when Jeremy was leader uh, to see uh, reform. I mean, I was all, always for, even though I was an MP, I was always for the open selection. Um, because yeah, you know the way I the way I see it as a head teacher, I had performance management every year in front of all the governors with targets and new targets set for the following year. And if I hadn't addressed the targets, um, then I might have been out on my year. And it, it, with most jobs, there is a review, and you hope it's going to be supportive, and you hope it's going to be constructive. Uh, but why I don't see why the membership should not have had a say in, this is our MP, they've been serving for so many years, this is what we expect, and and this has not happened, or this has happened, and we're really happy, or not, or to be able to, you know, but there was such an outcry from especially those in the PLP that knew that their CLP membership weren't happy with them that they caused an absolute stink. And, of course, Brexit was going on at the same time. So the opportunity, the timing of it um, with that democracy review, it, oh, of course, anti-Semitism and stuff like that with the smears of Jeremy was in full flow as well. So the situation in Parliament was just so febrile at that time that I can see why it... it wasn't seen through and that review was not delivered in the way that it should have been um but it was a missed opportunity and um they've tightened up now of course even more and with the leadership of course they've now got through is it 20 percent of nominations from yeah uh, a future leader which which would mean that that people like clive lewis who had quite a few nominations, although I think he would get more now. Um, A lot of the women, like even I think Angela Rayner might have got it, but with 20% of MPs, there'd be hardly any of those that got on the the ticket last time would, would 
would be yeah, I mean, it's basically saying you can't vote out the leader, isn't it, really, um, unless mm-hmm. they're absolutely, you know, shocking or something. Uh, I, I guess... Well, also giving so much power to Westminster and the PLP as yeah, well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a for me a backward step because I'm obviously with what I believe in. I'm I'm wanting to get rid of that. Well, to decentralise um, and get rid of that Westminster control. Um, and you know the PLP, many of them already think that they are the Labour Party and they, you know, and, and that's that's what really what needed to end, but we're, we're going back, we're going back um, in time. Yeah, indeed we are. Let's get back to what we're supposed to be talking about. Yes. <laughs> the conference. And, um, so, but the unions, uh, it, it sticks in my craw, Thelma, because, you know, suppose, just suppose my dreams came true and a, and a left-wing party came together a mainstream left-wing party with hundreds of thousands of members, which I, I still think, you know, is feasible. Mm, um, so do I. And, and uh, you know, we had one man, one vote, and, you know, everything was correct and everybody was, you know, being sensible. And then suddenly the unions got involved and something like that happened. I, I wouldn't be able to accept that at all. I, you know, I went to a Labour Party meeting. I only went to one. And, and there were these guys, they were like in their 50s and 60s. They were like typical just committee type members. And they just sat there and controlled the whole thing. And, you know, you could say a bit, but you couldn't ever say much that would affect anything. And they just... They knew the processes and the and you just thought, ah, this is this is to the core. Yeah. And and that was can- enough for me. And I get the impression that some unions like that, Thelma. I don't know. Yes, yes, I think uh, yeah, I think I think there is that idea of um uh, kind of it's it's almost like a need for systemic change, isn't it? In yeah. in so Really, um, and um, I, I think a modernisation of systems and the bureaucratic aspect of things as well. Um, and I, I, I just think at the moment we are just seeing the death of democracy. If we and we mustn't let it happen, and that's why um, the work I'm doing and the people I'm liaising with at the moment, it's, you know, these discussions about how we can bring people together. And it's not easy. It's not easy no. because there are things that we won't agree on or processes we won't agree on. Um, but I, I, I do believe that the left movement are coming together more and I, I am more frequently and are having those discussions. And I'm certainly still in meetings. In fact, I've just been today asked to, to speak at another event and bringing together the different political, um, small smaller political parties and their leaders. And um, and I think we, we need to continue that dialogue. We, we need to continue that, you know, grassroots work, as I mentioned before, and working in the communities um and um i, I do believe I, I do have hope in in the younger yeah, generation I, I, I hope I, I hope i didn't appear too too negative earlier on because it's only the labor party that i'm really being negative about in terms of the people i'm pretty just you get the impression certainly from the youngsters and and the disaffected left that our consciousness is still uh, really positive and and unbowed and you know no one's going around going oh I think I probably got it wrong. We know we we know we've got the right idea and we know we're the ones that have got the principles and we know we're the ones that are telling the truth and uh, that which brings me nicely to this thing that the, the thing that he said he will do and say anything to win. You know, and, yeah. and then he and then he goes and makes a speech saying all the things he's going to do, and you think, well, hang mm-hmm. on a minute, this could change at any time. You've 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 kind of told us your uh, your bullshit. Excuse my language, and and yeah. Yeah. us to believe you. Uh, yeah. it's just shocking. Yeah. It's there's no way to go on in a democracy, yeah. is it? Yeah. Well, basically, saying he'd renege on pledges he'd made. If they weren't going to win an election, so that's saying I lied to you all, but I lied um, because I I wanted to be elected as leader, and now 
um, I don't have to keep to those pledges because they're not going to win as an election. Yeah. So who who goes into, you know, just before a conference speech in an interview saying that? I mean, how much are the Tories, when it comes to a general election, going to raise so many things like this that he's come out with? Yeah, good point. Where there will be a lack of trust. They'll have a big quote, won't they, of him saying that, that he admits he made those pledges, but he, he's happy to renege on those to win an election, and it's all about winning an election. Do you know when I hear that, and I've heard it from a few of the shadow ministers about we're all about winning the election, and I think to myself, what? You know, in terms of if you're not in government, you can't do anything, but if you're not going to deliver the policies that are right for society, you might as well be a Tory. So... What difference is that going to make for somebody who's on disability benefits or a single mom? Um, what difference is that going to make to an old person who hasn't got social care? If they're all the same and they're not, they're not delivering a welfare state that has been shrunk to such an extent um, over the last 11 years. So I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't win voters over because he talked a lot in the speech today about winning voters over. It wasn't about Labour members. It wasn't about the movement. It was about winning voters. And it didn't matter whether they were actually believing in socialism or it was about how can we get as many votes as possible, um, not a concentration on the on actual policies that are going to be progressive and change society for the long term. It's like there was no long-term vision for me in anything he said. No, and, and he won't win. He, he'll never win the young people with that kind of stuff. Uh, no, he won't. They're not going to sign up to that. They've got a much more uh, comprehensive view of the planet. They're not looking at this tiny little world that that these guys live in, you know, that they want to know. Yeah, sorry, but I was just going to say, speaking, you know, referring to your point about young people, they're not going to buy it. There was nothing really on tuition fees uh, or cost of education, you know, and how how young people are going to be able to afford um, to, to go to university or to carry on with further and higher education. There was very little on that, very little on um, affordable housing. Um, so, the, you know, the key issues, and it, it took over an hour to get to climate change. Uh, he, um, could have done, he could have done 20 minutes of saying... Well, he's lost his credibility a bit, really. But if he'd have done twenty minutes of saying, you know, this is this is our this is what we believe in, and this is how we envisage society to be, and this is how we're going to do it, be a bit more, you know, uh, clear and definite instead of just doing an hour and a half PR exercise, which is kind of what yeah. I feel it was really. Yeah, yeah, there was quite a lot on uh, law and order, um, uh, you know, policing. Uh, antisocial behaviour, that that kind of thing, um, and uh, yeah, it's just just uh, just a bit a bit depressing, really. Yeah, um, well, it's aimed at the Daily Mail reader, isn't it? Really, Thelma. You know, we'll yeah. just say we're going to have a few more cops on the beat, and da da da. Yeah, da, da. Uh, you know, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but, but as I say, um, yeah. Oh, the other thing that I was upset about this week really was um, Andy McDonald. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got that uh, on my list too. Great, great guy, and you could see he was genuinely upset, um, but on a matter of principle, um, and that and that is different because somebody called me out because I put a list on of uh, in the coup how one after another on the hour they all had organised to resign, um, and then the centrists. Uh, accusing Andy of why choose the conference and all the rest of it. But, you know, somebody like Andy resigning is a matter of principle, not an organised coup against against the leader. Um, You know, asking a man of of Andy's integrity to argue against awarding people a £15 an hour minimum wage. When Keir, of course, stood with the McDonald's workers 
supporting that self-same thing. Um, You know, I have immense respect for Andy, a great, great guy and good socialist. Um, So that was sad. Oh, and of course, we've got the Baker's Union that have disaffiliated from Labour. And I think that could be the beginning of a few um, of of the smaller unions um, uh, pulling away from Labour. Um, So, uh, yeah. The, the, some very very interesting things um happening ha- have happened this week um and but as you say because the media largely uh are, are more on their side if that had have happened when jeremy was leader if those things have happened could you imagine and heckling that was going on in the audience as well if that had happened with um jeremy um, the, the the media would have had a field day. It's it's very different from from most of them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, hard times for people on, on on the left. But I don't give up hope, and I think we we are coming together, Tom. No, absolutely not, and me neither. And I do. I think in a way, it's a time to be optimistic in the sense that, as far as the left's concerned, the Labour Party is isn't going to come through. Um, and uh, surely now, more well, I know for a fact, more and more people are cottoning onto that and just going, well, that's done. And uh, in a way, that's a reason to be optimistic. Um, and it gives us, we know where we stand. I think for, for, well, I think I've been at that point for quite a while now, but when I first met you, Thelma, I was still thinking in terms of, well, maybe, maybe, maybe something will come through that. Um, uh, and I remember when Kia stood for uh, the leadership, and I, I voted for Becky. But when he won, I wasn't surprised, and, and I still had hope. I still thought, well, you know, he did say a few good things, and, you know, he could pull something out of the bag here and make this really good. Uh, and and I think, you know, how long has he been leader now? I don't know, a couple of years or something. And it, 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 he's proved to be not you know, not that person. And um, and we know that now. It's conclusive, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. I, I mean, I, I publicly um, said that, obviously, I supported Becky Long-Bailey all the way through, and uh, um, but I was willing to say, in my own small way, no longer in Westminster, but however way I can, I, I will support him. And I, I was genuine. Um, and... Uh, bit by bit, you know, um, he proved himself well to, to be telling untruths, and we know that even more now, don't we? Yeah. Uh, well, he's admitted uh, it, hasn't he? He's admitted that that you know, I mean, that's modern politics in a way, isn't it? Say whatever you want, and to to get power, uh, you know, that let's face it, that's what the Tories always do, and and yeah, uh, but it doesn't do the world of politics in general any good that you know because people's trust I mean we've we've talked before about how many people are not actually turning up to vote now um you know up to 50 percent in some of the recent um by-elections and that upsets me and worries me more than anything actually not voting at all yeah. um they there or the anger it could be either with some people just saying there's nobody there, there's no party there or there's no person there that is is giving me a voice. So I'm just not going to bother. Um, And I saw that in Hartlepool um, when I stood there. Um, You could see it in Batley and Spen um, as well. You could see it in Chesham and Amersham in those three latest by-elections. Um, and I think that's the saddest thing of all when you think what people through history have sacrificed um, for people to have a vote, for them to say, nobody represents me, nobody is speaking on my behalf, nobody is going to uh, change the world for me and the hardship I'm suffering at the moment. Um, and I think that is where democracy really dies, where you've got, and now with the election bill coming through, of course where you've got the voter ID, mandatory voter uh, photo ID, um, where, again, you've got the most vulnerable that don't have passports and driving licences, where it's going to be really tricky, even if they do make the effort 
to go and vote. The Tories know what they're doing. Um, And that's that's the issue to, and one of the things I'd like to get involved in is to work in the community to make sure whatever people are feeling politically, that they know that they should be voting and should have a voice in democracy. And I think this election bill is that's coming through is is really scary. And and that along with the boundary review, they're stitching everything up at the Tories. Yeah, I think and I think that that you know that you're what you've been saying for the last few minutes, powerful stuff is the reason the left have to stay mm. there, speak, be strong, speak the truth, tell it as it is, because that's what a huge section of the population want to hear. And if no one's saying it, then they haven't got anyone to vote for. Um, no. And it's it's very important. And also on that thing of um, the, uh, you know, voter registration and all that kind of thing, in, in the States, uh, that... That was an issue, wasn't it? And and actually, it turned out to be um, a positive thing in one in Georgia. I think it was there was this yes. lady that went around, made it her. Oh, what was a name? But she was inspirational. Um, yeah. getting out the boat, wasn't it? And yeah, uh, and that is something the left could do actually to mobilise and uh, and and to uh, you know to to build up the numbers in a way. Yes. Um, so yes. maybe that will be something that would happen. I, I could, I thought it could. Well, that's a piece of work I'd love to be involved in with the left. Um, I, you know, on the left to 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 work in the community and or, or you know just just to speak out to encourage and and that starts really with education and in schools. Um, you know, our discussion last time about the. Um, ragged trousered philanthropist and um and their copies going into schools um you know that, that political education um that that is so missing in the curriculum and uh, so that young people are aware of democracy and i know a lot of schools in fact i did it myself where there's mock election go on and 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 that whole uh, you know democratic process is really they love it kids love it and so the more you see that happening in schools um i think it's really really important um that that happens and 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 children and young people know about how they can have a voice um but the important thing is it's it's what we're seeing at the moment is is this two-party equilibrium that I talk about or Tom Nen talks about and it's true at the moment what we've got um, in in politics and um, now the two main parties are just so similar you know it's um, it it is I mean and and when Starmer's criticising Boris Johnson yeah I mean Boris Johnson is a clown isn't he but but you know, he tells lies, but now we've seen that Keir Starmer tells lies too. Um, so there's no difference between them, really. Um, uh, so that, you know, that is an issue. But I think political education um, and um, getting out that vote, getting people to understand how important uh, that that vote is. Um, I noticed Gina Miller has formed a new party, hasn't she? Yeah. That's been announced this week. Um, I do. I do worry about all these new parties. I had a thing, an email today about a party called the Rise Party or something. I, I I've still got to investigate it. Um, but it's something we do need to talk about. Probably not in this podcast because we've, we've we're supposed to be trying to be one pointed here. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, how how on earth we're going to bring it all together? Uh, that that's going to be an interesting uh, discussion, maybe. At some point, yeah, um, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, on balance, then uh, a few words just to sum up the conference. I mean, I think I'll, I'll I'll start by saying, well, that's that's it really for the Labour Party now. It's it's kind of broken its ties with the left. It doesn't want to know, um, and hopefully, this will be the start of uh, the left realizing that. The, you know, the game's up. Come on, we've got to get ourselves together now and uh, move on. But- yeah, I think it's about, I agree with you, Tom, I think it's about the left getting better organised. Um, was it Joe Hill, the union leader, that says don't mourn organise um, on his deathbed? Um, I, or 
story to that effect. Um, and I think it is true. We do need to get better organised. We do need to get better coordinated. But I think one positive from it is there's a clear definition now and a clear, clearly defined uh, moment now, I suppose, in political history where Keir Starmer set out his stall um, during this conference. Um, and for me, as a person on the left, as a socialist, um, I mean, I've known for some time now, having left the Labour Party a good while ago now, um, that I didn't belong um, with this current regime. Um, but I think it's clear to many socialists that there's there's no going back now to Labour. I think we need to get organised and, um, and we need to come together. I agree with you, we're very splintered at the moment. We have got all these smaller parties, but my vision is for those parties to come together um, in some form of progressive alliance. And I think we're working on that. So I do. I am optimistic, and that, and we'll say again, the younger generation are gonna are gonna deliver that. I am absolutely sure. So if there's a positive out of this, a clear definition at the moment of what Keir Starmer and Crewe stand for, um, and what socialists, true socialists, stand for. Um, so that's that's our starting point. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, so anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, and um, I hope you found it interesting. Uh, as always, I've thoroughly enjoyed my chat. And um, yeah, uh, I'm just going to plug a podcast, uh, Alexi Sales podcast, his latest edition where he talks to Jeremy Corbyn, and it's absolutely lovely. I've never heard Jeremy talk in that way uh, before. He's really, really relaxed, and they have a great chat and um you know you you kind of see a side of jeremy that you don't that we weren't allowed to see really and also he explains a huge amount of what went on uh in a way that you know it, from in his own words it's lovely so if you get a chance to listen to that go ahead with that i think hopefully we're going to get alexi on our podcast shortly i don't know but yes, we've, got, we've got a date in the diary um, end of october um, and i must catch up on that podcast with jeremy yeah it's it's, it's great when you, hear, when you hear jeremy talking the way he is because he's got that um really uh, whimsical sense of humor that i love yeah, yeah and that's often that doesn't come across in his public persona, does it, really? Yeah. Uh, I think that was more to do with the media and their approach yeah. to him at the yeah. time. Yeah, but so anyway, hats off to Alexi for that one. It, it was great. He got him to relax. Uh, I think Alexi was more nervous than Jeremy, really. It was, oh. it was really good. Anyway, um, enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, so I'll leave Thelma to say goodbye anyway. Yeah. Okay, thanks, thanks, Tom. It was good, to, good to talk. Um, I, I feel, um, I feel actually much better for having uh, offloaded how I was feeling about that leader's speech uh, and uh, what's happened in cof- conference. Um, so, speaking about leadership, let's remind Keir Starmer of the words of Eleanor Roosevelt: "To handle yourself, use your head. To handle others, use your heart." Solidarity. Mm-hmm.